Let's turn to Philippians again. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 1. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of the others. Now, as we have fellowship this morning, uh, you see, there was a wonderful relationship between Paul and uh, the church in Philippi. For ten years, they had a, such a wonderful fellowship. And also, Paul was able to witness to the world that, you know, within ten years, short ten years, now, you can see that the church in Philippi, starting from uh, those ladies in beside the river, and finally, you see today, after 10 years later, it really uh, uh, is a mature, is really uh, the, the church almost reached its maturity. Only not 33 years. With Paul himself, 32 years. With the church in general, recorded in Book of Acts, again 33 years. But here is someone. You see, some people, now only within 10 years, they are able to reach. Other people only can reach within 33 years. So now you can see, this whole church actually is marching on. The whole church is pressing on. Actually, they don't need Paul to tell them more. But within 10 years, you know, this church really going on with the Lord. So today we really need this kind of hunger. You see, brothers and sisters, that's all I feel that. If we really are waiting for the revival, God will do His work of revival. At least the Lord will gather a group of people. They really hunger. They really never satisfy. You see, for 10 years they never satisfy. They still press on. Now, because of that, Paul has something more to tell them. They're already good enough. When they sing him together, like this afternoon, you know, it, wonderful. If you re, if we sing together, and then you see it's such a harmony. So what Paul want is this: their life, uh, always something more, always something deeper. So that's why Paul said that let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. Important is in the lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than himself. That's the very important verse. That's very incorporate encouragement. Many things we fail simply because we are so wrapped with ourselves. We think we are so better than any other. But if you know, aside from you, there are many one who much better than you. Aside from you, seven thousands overcomers. You are not the only one. So if we really have that uh, loneliness of mind, you see, then we definitely, uh, we definitely can uh, fulfill the, uh, the, the, the will uh, of our Lord. Now have you noticed that sometimes when you sing a hymn, someone conduct the hymn singing, and uh, 
Now, to average ears, probably you don't feel it. But for some people who are really well trained, now immediately he knows that some sister or some brother sing out of tunes. You see? Now, brother, sisters, now remember why someone sing out of a tune. Because he only sing with his voice. He never sing with his ear. Now, why no ear? Because he, she or he's the only one. When he sings some hymn, now he must be the only one. So if he knows that someone else also singing, so then of course he will use his ear. So brother, sister, the important thing is, now, when, why those two sisters had the problem? And the problem is, the, the, the problem is that everybody, now when they sing the hymn together, they also exercise their ears. They know that, now, always esteem others better than himself. And then after that, as you know, now Paul said, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. The only way we can reach this stage, only way we can be, uh, we can, we can look out, not, uh, we can look out not only for our own interest, but also for the interest of others. Now, brothers, this is not that, uh, the different lessons we can learn. No. We only need to learn one lesson. We only to do one thing. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So that means Christ is our model. Christ is our example. And now we understand that it is not that we are doing this and that as we have shared in this this morning. Now the poor solution to uh, to uh, the church in Philippi is this: let them having the mind of Christ Jesus. Then, of course, as you know very well, what is the mind of Christ Jesus? Because His mind remind of the lowliness of mind. In lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Now, in God has our Lord Jesus was not alone. In God had not only God the Son, God the Spirit, also God the Father. So you see, brother, sister, when you reach, now we are human beings, but when our Lord Jesus, now definitely in His Godhead, He was not alone. But then you can, then you find that's exactly the lesson He learned. That's exactly the Lord set a good example to us. We never know what is humility, brothers, sisters. Now, sometimes we try to find out what is humility, what is lowliness of mind. Sometimes we think if somehow we push ourselves down, if somehow we we uh, you know we we try to exercise some kind of self control, then we become then we become humble. No, humility is not that you look down upon yourself. The humility is never look upon yourself. Now, don't look at yourself. Now that's the secret. So that's happened to our Lord, brothers, sisters. Do you see that? Now, actually, He's God. No doubt. That's why the Bible says, that's why the Paul said, Now, being in the form of God, did not consider it a robbery to be equal with God. So now, He really, so then Bible said, But He emptied Himself. He really poured out, He really emptied Himself. Now, what does that mean? That means he empties, he is full of glory. 
But now being the form of God, they not consider it robbery to be equal with God. He already equal with God. But here you find, uh, you now here you find what is the humility. And uh, he emptied himself. What does that mean? He never emptied his Godhead. He never en- emptied his deity. No, not at all. He, but only thing he emptied, uh, he emptied, uh, only thing he emptied is his glory. So you see, brothers, he's full of glory. But, thank the Lord, he emptied himself. And taking the form of a bound servant. From the, ba- from the form of God to the form of a bound servant. And the coming in likeness of man. So you can see the step by step he is going down. From the form of God, then, uh, he con- then uh, did not consider it a robbery to be equal with God, but, ma- but empty himself. Taking the form of bound servant and coming in the likeness of man. Now further down, and being found in appearing as a man, he humbled himself. Now brothers, empty himself and humble himself are not the same. You see, now in the beginning, he emptied himself. Now remember, he become the son of man. That's why we don't see the glory of Son of God anymore. Now, brothers, so, so you, you see, he actually emptied all his glory. So that's what happened when he come down to this earth. And then, uh, he, uh, and then he humbled himself and become obedient to the point of death. He ne- if he, as the Son of God, he never died. But because he took the four, because he come in the likeness of man. So that's why, brother and sister, he is able to die. Because, because he can die for us, then he become, can become our Savior. So how can he become our Savior? He has no sin. That's why he has qualification. He is the Son of God. That's why he is, a qualifi- he is qualified to be our Savior. But on the other hand, if he only stand. At the position of the Son of God, he was too high. He was too high to the point that he never died. But why he had to die? Why he suffered the death? Because remember, he emptied himself. He did not empty his deity. While he walked on this earth, brothers and sisters, we still, we, st- we, we know that outward speaking, he's a man. But inward speaking, he's God. When he was sleeping, uh, when he fall into sleep on the boat, we know he as a man. But when he stood up and uh, scold the weather, scold the wind, and we know he's a son of God. So, brother, sister, we now we, we now we know that he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. But there are many kinds of death. But one kind of death is most cruel. One kind of death, before the death, it means suffering. And uh, so, among all the death, most humiliating one, most humiliating one, most humble one, brother, sister, that's the, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's the, uh, 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 even the death of the cross. 
So brothers and sisters, now you know that before someone die on the cross, he already been he already been teared into pieces. And no one can stand the cross. No wonder, you know, everybody when he's crucified, now after he's been crucified, the first thing he's cursing. He has to curse himself or he has to curse someone else now in order to relieve his pain. So, brothers and sisters, now you can see that now our Lord, he humbled himself and uh, uh, humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. Now you remember how in the Gethsemane, how in the Garden of Gethsemane, how he prayed that that the, that cup may be removed from him, but he obeyed, obeyed to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So, brother, sister, when our Lord died on the cross, he can never be lower anymore. Cross is the lowest place in the universe. Brother, sister, think about it. He was equal with God. He had a form of God. But then he condescended himself. He came down to this earth. And not only that, one step, another step, another step, few steps, finally he died for us on the cross. So think about it. This is our model. This is the mind of our Lord Jesus. And brothers and sisters, if you really think for a moment, and you know that that's actually the characteristic of the kingdom of heaven. Now today in this world, if you talk about throne, always talk about nobility, always talk about power, always talk about the glory, always talk about the form of a king. When you imagine the form of a king, immediately you think about the immediately you think of a throne of the kingdom. Now that's the world. But what is the kingdom of heaven? Our kingdom is an upside down kingdom. That's why, brothers and sisters, now if we want to make, have the have the mind of of Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus. Uh, a, a, a mind of Christ Jesus. Now, it, what is the mind? The mind of a lowliness. The mind of humility. So that's why you remember when we study a gospel of Matthew, when we come to beatitude, if you really study that is five, eight beatitude, that actually reflect, reflects the eight aspects of the character of Christ. And uh, now, when you really read that uh, beatitude, you can you can you uh, uh, the, in, then you really can see that from one to another, actually that man is going down. For example, blessed are the poor in the spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. So the whole thing become with starting from the spiritual poverty, but that's not enough. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will comfort it. Again, here you see something down. And then, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now, in this world, now only strong ones, they are going to inherit the earth. But now, to our surprise, it is the meek who will inherit the earth. And then, blessed are those who hunger and thir uh, thirst for righteousness. And then, blessed 
are the merciful. Then blessed are the pure in heart. Then blessed are the peacemakers. Then blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. So if we really study that beatitude, the eight blessings, we find that one after another, that way is going down. So when the world going up, now we going down. How do we measure our life? Our measure, uh, the measurement of our life is dependent on how deep, how low we can be. So brothers and sisters, thank the Lord. You see, when our Lord Jesus died for us on the cross, that's the lowest point. Now for that reason, only cross will lead us to the depth of Christian life. If you want to know how deep is the fruit of life, brothers and sisters, it's not how high you have attained, no. So, my brother, here you can see that if you want to go higher, you have to go deeper. If you want to go higher, you have to go lower. Now, how low it is, our Lord Jesus set a very, very good example. And then, when he has the mind of lowliness, then someone else will do something. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and give him the name which is above every name. So, brother, sister, this is the mind of Christ. When you are doing nothing, when you really receive, when you have the lowliness of the mind, thank the Lord. Now, you see, on that way, in the beginning, he only conscious of the, of the God the Father and God the Spirit in the Godhead. So we, we were, so we were told that he considered it robbery to be equal with God. But then, brothers and sisters, as a man, he becomes the son of man. He becomes so lowly. He cannot do anything. He has to watch his father. His father as a carpenter. Now he has to know how to use, uh, how to use the saw, how to use the instrument. And remember, he was a son of God. He created heaven and earth. He creates all the forest. He knows how to create a forest. But now in order to cut down the tree, and from the tree, try to make a chair, try to make a table, try to make a yoke. Brothers and sisters, he humbled himself. Now you discover he was so low. Now remember, in the beginning, he was equal with God. If he look above, no one else. He's equal with his father. With his father. But now, brothers and sisters, he's willing. For, for your sake, for my sake. He condescends himself. In order to save you, to save me, he has to become savior. Now, if he is a savior, brothers and sisters, he had to become a man. For that reason, you see, then he lowered himself. And finally, he come down to this, uh, who, to, to, uh, come down to this earth, and, uh, and, uh, he come, he, uh, he, he comes in the, in the likeness of man. So what does that mean? So now you can see that. When he looked above, he saw his father. When he looked above, he saw his mother. And then he said, by myself, I cannot do anything. Because as a son of man, Remember, he had to go through all the process of learning, even when he was 12 years old. Think about it. As a son of God, 
The Word is with Him. He is not only full with the Word. He Himself is the Word became flesh. So what does He need to learn? But He has to go through painful experience of learning. So sometimes we think, if we study the Bible, of course we need, we need the Word of God. And for the Lord, He doesn't do that. Even He wants to know, the, even He wants to go through the learning process, what He did is this, this is the Word of God. He just put His head there, then all the Word will be scanned into His mind. Then He's able to tell us the Word of God. No, He had to go through a painful learning process. So brothers and sisters, if, you, if we look at his whole life, now we can see how humble. Now you know what is humility. Brother, sister, the word became flesh. According to Philippians 2, the humility became flesh. We never know what is humility, brother, sister. I must say that even some young brother tried to be humble. Even, even he tried to make a gesture. When I was young, you know, I know many, uh, many uh, uh, brother sisters who are so spiritual, and they always become so humble. They never make their back straight. They always bow down a little bit with something. So the, when you walk, always you know, never look into heaven. Always look down. So then the young brother sister tried to learn exactly the same thing. But remember, the more you do that, the more you become very proud. Look how humble I am. How, look I'm, how I walk. So, brother, sister, now we know this is not humility. This is definitely not humility. So, humility, brother, sister, is Christ. The humility became flesh. So, thank the Lord. Now, when He really condescends Himself, He become what? Become the Son of Man. Brother, sister, from the Son of God to the Son of Man. What humiliation. So this is not humility. This is also humiliation. When you talk about all kinds of death, now we know that the cross is most humiliated one. How can you put yourself together? But brother, thank God. When he was crucified, he was really king. He really put himself together. He never cursed. He said, forgive them. Because they do not know what they are doing. So no wonder the thief, in the beginning, always uh, ridicule, always uh, make fun of our Lord Jesus. But after a while, then he discovered, look, look at us. You see, when we are crucified, we are scattered into pieces. We can never put ourselves together anymore. We never king of ourselves. But here's someone, he set his throne on the cross. So that's why, you know, he prayed. Now, when you gain your kingdom, when you have your kingdom, he knows that he must be king. So, brothers and sisters, now you can see that even he died for us on the cross. Now, what a humiliation. What a humiliation. But when he goes deeper and deeper and deeper, then someone else will make him higher and higher and higher. That's God's universe. So when our Lord accepts, has sunk into very depth, the deepest part of this well. There was a beautiful picture there. You, re you remember? There's a wonderful verse. The stone that had been rejected by, uh, has been rejected, uh, uh, have been rejected finally, it become what? Become cornerstone. Now that was the story, very beautiful story. Now, when Solomon built the temple, now at that in the beginning, you know, they found a stone there. 
But in the beginning, according to their judgment, that stone is no use at all. So what did they do? They just pushed that stone uh, over the wall. Then finally that stone from the Mount, 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 uh, Mount, uh, Mount Moriah all the way rolling to the bottom of the valley, the valley of Kidron. But then, then when they almost finished their building, then they discover somehow they're still missing one stone. And no matter what stone you make, you never fit. So all of a sudden they remember they were too clever in the beginning. According to their judgment, you know, that stone is no use at all. Then reject that stone. But then finally they found that one stone is missing. Then they think about, then remember, oh, they have thrown away all stone. So what did they do? They went to the bottom of the, the, the uh, bottom of the valley. Now in that part of the world, the bottom of the valley is the lowest point. So finally they push that stone up and up and up finally back to Mount Moriah. Then finally the, the construction is completed. So that's a wonderful picture. Think about it. On the cross, when he's being rejected by man, but thank the Lord, after three days, because he has been in the center of the earth. He Now, remember, brothers, when we talk about dying on the cross, now, we only think about the cross. But behind the death of the cross, much more than that, it means three days and three nights, he will be as low as in the heart of our planet, the lowest place in our planet, for three days and three nights. But thank the Lord that it is our God who push him up and up and up. Finally, as we have been as we have been described by Paul, and God has highly exalted him and give him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven, of those on earth, and of those under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So now here you see the glory of the Son of Man. Now from the beginning you already have the glory of the Son of God. Already. Because he was equal with God. Even when he became man. Don't forget. Remember. He only emptied his glory. But let us remember that. Now. As a son of God. He has the glory. Of God. But now he emptied himself. That's why he became the man. Son of man. But remember. Even he became the son of man. Because now when he comes to the... When, but then God pushed him up and up and up. So even in the gesture of being crucified, according to the Bible, he has been lifted up. So my brothers and sisters, to many people, now pro uh, uh, is the lowest place. But if we know well, it, on the cross, it is God himself who lit him up. So, when he was lit up, he will draw many people to him. He will draw the whole world to him. That's how he reaped the harvest. You see, brother, sister, because he was so low, but now he is being lifted up. But more than that, and then finally, he had been given the name above all the name. So, what does that mean? This means that as if 
the Ch uh, Prince Charles. Now, before, uh, now you know that before he became the Prince of Wales, you know very well he already inherited the glory of the kingdom. Now, united in the United Kingdom, you know that because he was born in that palace. So Prince Charles, he already have inherit, he already have his, his uh, intrinsic glory. That glory is the glory he received from his father, received from his mother. So we know that that's his intrinsic glory. But then he really humbled himself. He's starting everything from, from, from very scratch. So remember to be son of the, to be the prince, uh, to be, uh, to, to be the prince is one thing. But now he's going to have another glory. That glory means this. He had to start from soldier. Then from soldier he climbed up, become lieutenant. Then become, uh, finally become general, finally become chief commander. So what does that mean? Here you find that he's going up and up and up. Why? Because, uh, and so then finally he has been appointed as what? As the, as the commander in chief. What does that mean? Now that glory was not by, not intrinsic one, not from the very beginning he already had that, no. Actually he already had that. But now because he humbled himself, he's starting from, uh, soldier finally all the way to commander in chief. So this is the way of going up. And now he received the glory which is not intrinsic one. This is the glory. This is the glory he obtained. He has been given. So if you start, if you read, if you read carefully, John chapter 17, there are two glories there. One is the glory of Son of God. Our Lord Jesus already had that in the beginning, in the foundation of the world. He never been given. He already had it. Now, brother, we are, if you talk about Talk about ascend to heaven. That's talk about the glory of the Son of Man. So, brothers and sisters, here you find that, here you find that, the, uh, when our Lord Jesus, uh, when God uh, ex highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, so now he has been reached the highest place in the universe. So, when he was in that position, we say he's glorified. So we talk about the glorification of the Son of Man. Because the Son of Man itself simply means that how our Lord Jesus condescend himself from the Son of God to the Son of Man. So first, he already have his intrinsic glory, but now a glory being given. So brother, sister, that's the mind of Christ Jesus. On the one hand, he out of the life and he already had that glory as a son of God. But on the other hand, he has been given the glory of a son of man. So because of that, brother and sister, we are able to have the mind of Jesus Christ. That's why it becomes possible. So when we are being conformed to see his image, remember what does that mean? He will give us glory, the glory of Son of Man. 
And remember, brothers and sisters, and then you see that our Lord Jesus is the second man. Now, when first man fall, and now God is able to get everything from the second man. And now, when, he, he, when God could not get anything from Adam, so he got something from the last Adam. So only Christ can satisfy our Lord. So now you can understand why we are being transformed into the image. If only the glory of God, my brothers, is remember, that you can only see in the Godhead. Now you understand why our Lord Jesus said, because I have given, now I have given them the glory of, the glory you have given me. That means it speaks of the, it speaks of what? It speaks of the glory of the Son of Man. Then, then may be one. So, brothers and sisters, how can we be one? Like a father and son be one. The, the secret is this. The Lord said, I already given them the glory you have given me. So, what is that glory? The glory of Son of Man. So, brothers and sisters, now that's our motto. For that reason, brothers and sisters, remember, we should be able, we should, people should find the humility of Christ in you and in me. No doubt about that. So, thank the Lord, brothers and sisters. This is our life. And not only that, and this is also our model. This is our example. So, that's why in John chapter 17, how can we be one as Father and the Son be one? Only thing is that, do we have the glory of the Son of Man? And our Lord already passed on that to us. We are being transformed into that glory. When we say we are glorified, it means that we are able to receive the glory of Son of Man. So brothers, by when we have that, then definitely we can be one. Definitely we may have that wonderful harmony. So, thank the Lord. When Paul wrote this paragraph, definitely he has John chapter 17 in his mind. So, brother, sister, now you can understand that. When we talk about we are justified in faith, by faith, we are sanctified by faith, we are glorified by faith. What kind of glory you are talking about? We are talking about the glory of Son of Man. That life is in us. When we grow, then finally on the Mount of Transfiguration. That glory, somehow you cannot hide it. Somehow our body cannot contain it. And then here you see the glory. And then you see the humanity really blossom. Brothers and sisters, now if you want to tell us, what kind of humanity is this? What is the feature? How, what is the hallmark? What is the hallmark of this, uh, the, the, uh, uh, of this kingdom? Very simple. Brother, sister, if you want to talk about the glory of the Son of Man, very simple. It talk about the humility of Christ. So I think this is the secret, brother, sisters. When we talk about deeper life, now important things, are you getting low enough? When people drink seven up, we should drink seven down. You see? Now everything should be opposite. You, you know that, you know, you know that if you want to be great, you have to be the least.
If you want to, you, you see, the, 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 the first shall be last, the last shall be first. So everything is upside down. You see? Now, today in this world, you have to strive for the throne. But no, brothers and sisters, you, you see that you never reach your throne by that way. Thank the Lord. How our Lord can become so high. You never worry about how high you should be. You have to worry about how low you will be. How low you are willing to be, brothers and sisters. Now, if you are willing to be the lowest place, what you can do, you should take up your cross and deny yourself and take up your cross and follow the Lord. So, thank the Lord. What is humility? Humility is do not look at yourself. Humility means that forget about yourself. Now, brother, our Lord was so important. How can He remember? How, how can He forget Himself? You see, brothers, if you think you are nothing, of course it's easy for you to remember, forget. But sometimes you think you are too important. Sometimes you think after you save so much, after you labor so much, after you serve your brothers so much, now they cannot live without you. You see, you are the most important. Now, my brothers and sisters, think, 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 think about it. Now, remember, and when you serve the Lord, you are full of yourself. You think you are important. Other brothers, I mean, you are so important. Now, brothers, you can always remember. You can count. Look, this is first service, second service, after so many years. Look, I've been called to that service. Now, brother, sister, now this become your, 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 this become your, 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 your right. This become, no one can touch that. My brother, sisters, you never forget yourself. You remember every achievement you have done. You remember how much you have been transformed into the image of Christ. For that reason, brother, sister, the Lord said, deny him, deny us. Anyone who want to follow him, let him deny himself. You see, let them let let him forget out himself and take up his cross and follow him. When you take up the cross, what does that mean? You put yourself in the lowest place. Now, brother, sister, that's called humility. So now you almost know how can we be one. Important thing is, as we already mentioned, as as we already uh, as we already mentioned, it's so clear. The way is that we are being given the glory of the Son of Man. Thank the Lord. While we are being transformed, and then we are having this glory of the Son of Man. And then when we have that, when people can see the humility in you and in me, then all the problem is solved. So my brother, sister, now you understand who is the, who is the hindrance to the building up of the body of Christ, not other people. We always look for the perfect church. But brothers, probably before you join the church, it is perfect. Just because you join the church, it becomes not perfect anymore. So the problem is not with others. The problem is with me. Now, what is the problem? I can never forget myself. I always think of myself. So, brothers and sisters, that's most dangerous. You know yourself so well. You even are able, you even to know that, you know, I already reached step and that step. 
Now that's most dangerous. And that's why the church has a problem. Why the church has some kind of noise? Why the church has some, uh, some brothers and sisters? You know, every, everyone is okay. You see, only two sisters. Just those two sisters. Now, it makes whole church grieved. Whole church grieved. Think about it. And to, to your surprise, if you visit everywhere, you know, you always find two sisters like that. <laughs> Not only in your church. If you go to other places, all the way two sisters. Think about it. So this must be, so this message must be for every one of us. But brothers, think about it. Everybody, everything is okay. Just that two sisters. And remember those two most spiritual sisters and leading sisters. Almost they are co-worker with God, with, with, with Paul. But actually, they caused the sorrow to the church. Can you believe that? So, now Paul really show us the way. Alright, now, very simple, that's our motto. That's the solution we have been given by Paul. But how can we carry that out? How are we able to live that kind of life? So Paul was very practical. He really poured out his heart to them. Not only tell them what in his heart. And also pour out to him, to them, what is the solution. So very interesting. When you read on verse 12, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Now, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You are obedient, right? Okay. Now, this is the commandment. This is my advice. If you really want to obey, fine. Here is the commandment. Work out your, uh, the, 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 work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, brother, this is not Paul. When Paul talk about something like that, he always talk about the grace. What is the grace? Grace is not that you are doing. Grace is other people is doing. It what our Lord is doing. It what Holy Spirit is doing. So if you read the epistle of Paul, you always give you the impression who will tell us more than no more grace than Paul. Paul definitely he he's a recipient of Paul of grace. He know grace so well. Now, brother, sister, we are saved by. We, you know that now we, we, we all say by you see so grace is such grace grace and grace it means this it, actually this is the central thought of Paul but now to our surprise you see now you are obedient right now, now now my beloved as you have always obeyed so now I will give you something to obey whether I'm here or whether I'm there or not. So what is what is that? Now work out your own salvation with the fear and trembling. Now this is the kingdom language. Because when the Lord when Paul gave us such a message, he no longer deal with us as children. He deal with us as a grown up. So, brothers and sisters, now grace is no excuse for us not to march on, not to press on. So remember, after you hear the example, after you know that Christ is our model, Christ is our example. Now how are, how we are going to live out that that how we are going to live out that life? So the solution is work out uh, the solution is 
work work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, brother, we really need this word. We have been in grace so long, the grace has become so cheap. And that's why Bahofer used the word cheap grace. You see, brother, there is a possibility because we really do not know the grace. If you really know the grace, no one knows grace more than Paul. But it is Saint Paul who said that, work out your salvation, work, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Your own salvation. Now, brothers, how do you receive your salvation? Never by work out your salvation. So what does that mean? This means you can never work something out, works out something which you don't have. So that means something you already have. You see, work out your salvation. That means you already have your salvation. So how are you going to get the salvation? By grace, for sure. No one is by work to receive the salvation. But after you have salvation, you have to work it out. And work it out with fear and trembling. But now, what does that mean? That means we should be on our own? No. No, that's why it talks about let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that speaks of our responsibility. Out of grace, now we have our responsibility. But don't worry. What does that mean? That means if you work up your salvation, work up salvation with fear and trembling, so then everything is dependent on you. You have derived your energy from yourself. No. So the secret is the following. So sometimes we only hear the word, work out your own salvation. We work something out. But remember, the reason we can work something out because God is worth something in. That's the beauty of the whole thing, brother and sister. Sometimes we only remember the first part, we neglect the second part. If you really see the second part, again, it is grace. So, brother and sister, now when you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So, brothers, this must be grace. Thank the Lord. When you work out your own salvation with fear, fear and trembling, that's your responsibility. That's your conduct, which you are responsible. And the reason you have this conduct, because simply you just, simply you just let the Holy Spirit to bear the fruit of the Holy, to bear his fr fruit, that's all. So you see, brothers, it is not that we try to bear the fruit. No. You never produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You never produce love. You never produce humility. Not at all. But one thing, don't forget, you have your part in it. And uh, that part is your responsibility. Because the more you receive the grace, the more you become responsible. There is no grace. Never give us the excuse not to march on. So here is something very, very important. And then, verse 14, Do all things without complaining and disputing. That's what happened to those two sisters. That happened to some of us. You see, brothers and sisters, that's why you have to work out your salvation, because it is God who works in you both to do well and to do for His good pleasure. So now you are able to do. Why? Because what you to do, what to do, and what to will, what to do, what 
what you are do, going to do to all things without complaining and disputing. You see, brothers? No murmuring like people of Israel. No disputing. You see, brothers, don't argue. Sometimes we always argue, always argue, always try to defend ourselves. Always try to, 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 so that, that means what? That means we are never under the control of the Holy Spirit. And that's why, brothers, that kind spirit of complaining, murmuring, and disputing means you are not humble enough. You are too big. Now you are equal to somebody. That's why you dare to say some word like that. You see, brothers? So, but if you're humble enough, you always feel that I have no position, I have no place to say something like that. So, no more murmuring and no more disputing. So, by this way, brother, sister, Holy Spirit is working in you. So, when the Holy Spirit is working in us, now He will possess our will and He will guide us what to do. But remember, this doesn't mean passive, not at all. It means that we choose what the Holy Spirit chooses. We will what God will. We think what God thinks. And uh, we love what God loves. So by this way, we are being transformed into His image. So by this way, we work out our salvation in trembling uh, with fear and trembling. And by this way, we no longer murmuring, we no longer disputing. We are being transformed into the image of Christ, then you see that the whole church will be in such a harmony. But verse 15, that you may become blameless and harmless. Some people are blameless but always harm, always harm to other people. He's so pure. He's so holy. He always point his finger to other people. So you always hurt other people. Do you see that? Sometimes we do, you know, some people, they come unconscious, they were hurt. Now, brothers, by hurt by whom? By those who are blameless. That's why he always set the standard very high. No doubt. Thank the Lord for this brother. Thank the Lord for this sister. But because he was so holy, because he walked in that way, he cannot tolerate, he cannot accept other people if not doing the same thing. So then he tried to say his few words. Now, brothers, you not only should become blameless, also you should become harmless. I think if the whole church like that, if we all become like that, then you see, now when you preach the gospel, not more people will come in. And uh, you see, the number definitely will grow and grow. Why people come and go? In some way, they have been hurt. In some way, they don't feel that's the home. You see, brothers and sisters, so, how important it is. Sometimes we are blameless by the grace of the Lord. Somehow we are so holy by the grace of the Lord. But remember, brother and sister, that's you. Now, some brother, they are not share the same degree of life as you do. No, he's still childish. But for them, you are always gracious. So, you may become uh, blameless and harmless children of God without fault. Think about it. Children of God without fault in the midst of the crooked and perverse generation. That's New York. That's our generation <laughs> among whom you shine as light in the world. Now in Greek, in spring, the stars in the world. This is not just light. This is the body, the container which contains the light. 
So it referred to the sun, it referred to the star, it referred to the moon. So, brother, sister, this become our testimony. Do you see that? Very simple. How do we do that? Work out your salvation. And while Holy Spirit is working in you, now gradually you are being transformed without complaining, without disputing. We become blameless and harmless. And as a children of God without fault, in the midst of the crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. That's our testimony. Holding fast the word of life. Now, brother, no longer the word of the cross. We need the word of cross. But that's why you read Romans, Galatians, 1st and 2nd Corinthians. But when you read Philippians, when you read Colossians, and also Ephesians, and also Philemon, remember, in this group of letters, you find the word of light. Now, the word of light was a person. That's why if you study the epistle of John, he talked about the word of light. We have touched, we have seen, we have experienced. So you see, brothers, that's why the humility became flesh. That's the word of life. You see, brothers, that we all experienced, no doubt, that's why holding the word of life. But more than that, the word of life, not only as a person, and now, Holy Spirit, write it down in the letters to Philippians and also Ephesians and also Colossians. And now here, what do you find? You find the word of life. So brothers, the word of life means the word that it will bring us to maturity. In the beginning, we have a life of Christ. Now brothers, we have a humility of Christ. But the problem is this. The problem is this, this life will have some kind of nature. For example, humility. So sometimes we become so humble. Now, you never pretend you are really real humble. But the problem is this, the other time you are so proud. You see? So our problem is that we have the life of Christ. So definitely we partake the nature of Christ. And then we have a humility. We have meekness of Christ. And we, may, we, may, we have other things of Christ. Other. So you see, brothers and sisters, now this is our character. So in this way, we ought to have the humility of Christ, right? Because the life of, the life of humility is in you and in me. So if you just live out that life, then everything should be fine. Everything should be okay, right? But then how come? Now, today, the more we look at the mirror, the more we think about Adam and Eve. How come? The more we look at ourselves, the more we are not satisfied. We, know we are not being transformed into the image of Christ. The reason is very simple. Because we have the life. And with that life you have nature. But that nature always comes and goes. Sometimes we have love. Sometimes we have humility. Sometimes we have meekness. But most of the time we still very proud. We still this and that. So for that reason, brothers and sisters. And now what we need is this. We have to work out our salvation. In other words, we had to give the time to our Lord to do something, you see. And somehow this nature of Christ and ought to be, ought to be uh, worked by the Holy Spirit. Then something unique, something solid will be produced. 
So it is like, for example, if you paint a painting, and suppose you paint a painting in just a, in a dish, for example, you paint something there. But now, because you paint outwardly, so sometimes if you rub it, then then you find the paint will be gone. So the same thing with us, you know. And we have the humility of Christ. We have this. We have all kind of virtues of Christ. Virtues of Christ. But sometimes we complain. Oh, because my husband he rubbed me, then my humility is gone. And then, on some other occasion, my meekness is gone because of my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, and because of my children. Think about it. I was so humble, and I was I always put everything together. I never lost my dignity. But now, later, I explode. Why? Because my children. Look at my children. If you look at my children, you know that if I'm not exploding, I'm not normal at all. So you see, brothers, that's the problem with us today. You, you, you see, now, we, we have the nature of Christ, no doubt. Sometimes, come and sometimes go. But we need something going steady. We need something always be with us. That is called characters of Christ. When you see someone who is of character, what does that mean? I remember my student in early time, you know, he came to my class. He always had his comb with him. Now with his comb, definitely he, he will, he will uh, deal with his hair. No. He deal with his uh, his mustache. <laughs> Every time he tried to deal with his mustache, he's really some character. You see, always like this. So the same thing, brother, sister. How do you know that you have the character of Christ in you? Remember, do you see that? And for example, some people ask now, ask the co-worker of, uh, co-worker of uh, Hutton Taylor. He said, uh, now, now, when Hutton Taylor are with, with you, now, in what point Hudson Taylor really reminds you of our Lord? Now, that's the question. So then the missionary said, Now, Hudson Taylor has uh, one point, uh, one good point no one else has. He's the most busy person in the world. Think about it. Under him, more than 1,000 missionaries China, in China in the mission. So many things. He was the most busy person. But he said, every time when you are in his room, when you talk with him, he always give you the impression that as if he lived in eternity. As if all the time is yours. Some people, when he talked to you, the more, the, on one hand he talked to you, on the other hand he also watches watch. That's why today, you see, to get a good doctor is very, very difficult. The doctor is very good, excellent. He always watches watch. You know, because you know, every minute will give him lots of money. So you don't try to, put, to, 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 to waste his time. Now, my brother says, that's not Hutton Taylor. He's the most busy person. But when you sit in his presence, as if you're sitting in, in the presence of the Lord. Oh, brother, sister, that's called character. Something always there. Every time when you see him, meet Hutton Taylor, that's character. So, brother, sister, what is the word of life? Not only life. Now, life is the beginning of everything. Life is source of everything. We have the life of Christ. And if we live according to that life, definitely we will, we will live, then we have the nature of Christ. Like a chicken, for example. You know, duck like water, chicken duck doesn't like water. So when the chicken approach the water, he read the chicken out. You know, he definitely won't go in. That's nature. There's no other way. You see, brothers and sisters. So for that reason, according to our nature, the nature already in us, we are, with no doubt, I think we should be able to be humble as Christ. 
as humble, we should be able as meek as Christ. No doubt about that. Now the problem is this. The problem is this. This, this natures come and go. Sometimes you just rub it, it's almost it's gone. So what do we need? We need something. Work permanently in us. So first, you have to give your time to the Lord. Second, you have to allow the working of the Holy Spirit to work deeply in us. So instead of you paying something upon the dish, upon, upon the plate, you burn something into the plate. Still the same picture, never rubbed out. That's called character. So brothers and sisters, when we talk about life, everything's grace. When you talk about character, remember that's kingdom. When you talk about ambassador for Christ, you talk about character. So you see, brothers, when you talk about character building, it's not just the life of Christ anymore. So within that word of life, not just story of life, not just story of grace, no. You have to give your time to the Lord. And then the Lord begins to work in you. The Lord begins to work in you. So, brothers, sisters, then when God is working in you, both to will and to do, then somehow he using he he using the fire of the cross to burn something upon us. Then when people see us again, that's what that that that's character. That's the character of Christ. So, brothers and sisters, now you can understand that this is all part of the work of life. But then each one of us in our whole life, at the most, we have one or two or three, that's all. If we have humility of Christ, then probably in other things, we are just ourselves. No one is perfect. No one is possible as perfect as Christ. That's why we will never get proud. The problem, the, the, the some problem with the mystic is this. For Madame Guillaume, for those people, they think. Now, if they have union with Christ, they will become so spiritual. They don't need anyone else. They think they will be like what? They will be like Jesus Christ. So that's why they talk about uh, San, Francisco, San Francisco. You know, he was so spiritual. Finally, you know, even in his hand, you find, uh, you find the, the scar of the cross. Even here also. So they're talking about that. You, do you see that? So in the Bible, you do have been transformed into the image of Christ, but never in this way. So, brothers and sisters, very simple. Now, what is the way? The way is that within that word of life, this word of life, not only life, also nature, also character. But each one of us, even you spend your whole life, at the most, you probably have the humility of Christ, or something meekness, or certain point, you can never have all. Don't, brothers and sisters, don't have a dream that you will never reach there. Impossible. Then you become obsessed with yourself. You see, you comfort yourself. I'm already 90 years old. Or I ought to be like Andrew. I ought to be matured. So, brothers and sisters, that's very, very dangerous. You will never reach there because each one of us, the Lord will take our whole life to work in our life. So only in certain characteristics, in certain points, we really remind people of our dear Lord. Now, that at most. So that's why you need the whole church. That's why you need the body of Christ. 
when the all body of the whole body of Christ gathered together, just like a church in Philippi. Thank the Lord. You have humility. He has meekness. Another one has something else. But now when they come together, people see the personality of Christ. That's the image of Christ. When we are being transformed into the image of Christ, don't forget, in the Bible, never think in terms of individual and the individuals. No. It always think about the church in general. And only by this way, we can shine as lights, as stars in the world. Why? You only see glory in the life of Christ. And you only see glory in the church. And when church come together, brothers and sisters, I need you. Brothers, now you see, I'm quick in temper. For my whole life, always quick in temper. So in that respect, don't, stir, don't follow me. That will make, that will cause you, uh, cause you stumble. But remember, look another aspect. Somehow, something the Lord has done in that life. Remember, brothers, it's like a mother, like a brother, like a sister, sister Barbara. She was so quick. She was right to, she was quick to write and she's quick to tear up his, his letter. So that's why when Watchman Nee uh, went to his living room, you see, in his, uh, his uh, he always lots of uh, letters there because he was such, she was such a quick person, and sometimes she was very harsh, very sharp. Now, brothers, for her whole life, even she become very spiritual. Remember, that's always her. But don't forget, when the Holy Spirit work uh, in you both to will and to do then some fruit may be produced. So I have some fruit you don't have. You have some fruit I don't have. I need you. I need him. When we gather together, then people can see the whole picture of Canaan, the land of milk and honey. So that's our testimony. That's the word of life. So hold fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labor in vain. Now, brother, think about it. If the saints in, uh, in if the saints in Philippi is able to hold fast the word of life, then what happened? Then not only the nature of Christ, not only character of Christ, also personality of Christ, image of Christ. When the church really being transformed into the image of Christ. Thank the Lord. What happened? The Paul said, the Paul said, uh, the Paul said, uh, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ. Now, when Christ is in the presence of, uh, when, when Paul is in the presence, uh, in, in that day, then he said, I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labor in vain. For ten years, Paul labored for the saints in Philippi and other places. Now what Paul want? He want one day when the, the saints of God, when the people of God really hold fast the word of life. That means then finally, now we're all being transformed into his image of Christ. Then the worker who labors so much, he will be rejoicing in the day of Christ. Why? I have not run in vain or labor in vain. Think about it, brother, sister. 
and uh, Paul pour out that to to the same Philippi. And verse 70, yes. And if I am being poured out as drink offering on a sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Brothers and sisters, as long as the church in Philippi can grow, now brothers, our Paul is willing to pour out as a drink offering on the sacrifice. What does that mean? Now in the ancient time, in the old time, when the when the priests want to give their sacrifice, either burn offering or any other offering, so on top of that sacrifice, now the priests always get a cup of wine, great wine, and that cup of wine being produced by the whole life of wine, you see, from the from uh, from the beginning to the very end in the beginning absorbing the air, the air, the water from heaven from the sky and also water from the soil and finally put it into the wine press now water become wine so you see along after the whole life that cup is being produced so paul almost almost he he almost run his race so after his whole life now you see that wine being produced. So, brothers, sisters, now how Paul can serve the church in Philippi? Not only telling them the word of life. He also said, now he, 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 also, he said that, if I am being poured out as drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with you all. On top of the suffering, now here, if there is a need, I Paul should be poured out. Think about it. Paul, it is only Paul is qualified to drink that wine. He spent whole life to live in the presence of the Lord. He lived a deeper life and higher life just for the sake of Christ. Think about it. Now, if you look at that wine, look at that cup of wine represent the work of the whole life. How Holy Spirit work in the life of Paul to do and to the will. Finally, that cup of wine being formed. But remember, Paul always remember as a servant of God, that cup of wine never for himself. That life finally ought to be poured out. So that's his way to serve his church. Now here, it may not mean the martyrdom. Even today, Paul already went through again the travail. You see, now we know very well, the mother would travel so much, not only during the time giving the birth, even after the children are born. You see, that's why Paul said, again, I will go, little children, again, I will go through the birth pain travail for you, that Christ may be formed in you. So you see, brother, sister, through that travail, the church of Philippi was born. But now, what is next? That somehow, that uh, somehow, that uh, Christ may be born in the church. So that not necessarily talk about his martyrdom. Yes, possible of a martyrdom, but in spirit, in a way, when he served his church, he always put himself on altar. Yes, burnt offering means consecration, but on top of it, the pouring out of life of Christ. That's service of Paul. So, brother, sister, he beg of us. He plead with us that we may grow in the Lord.
He is willing to pour out His life. And I'm glad and rejoice with you all. Not talking about martyrdom. Even today, Paul labors so much. Much tears, much agony, much travail. That Christ may be born in you. Somehow, Holy Spirit can work in you both to do and to will. So, brothers, what some th- what you should do? Very simple. Work out your salvation. For the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. So, brothers, when the church really grow unto maturity, now Paul will rejoice in the day of Christ. And also even today, when Paul poured out his life, and then he said, he is glad and joys with you all. And for the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with Paul. Why? Very simple. Because now we all hold fast the word of life. So by this way, remember brothers, we will bear the fruit. And we all have the humility of Christ. Then the church really will live a wonderful and harmonious life. So think about it. The third time Paul talked about the days of Christ. The day of Christ. In other words, now you see brothers, today the life is life of growth. We will grow and grow to the day of Christ. So remember, what is the meaning? The day of Christ means the day of rapture. What is the meaning of rapture? means the wheat or barley really, really uh, matured, really, uh, really matured and really ripened. So if this really happened, then of course you, they should be taken up. That means rapture. So our rapture, remember brothers and sisters, is, it, 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 it is because we already mature enough. That's very important. So with our Lord, when He ascended to heaven from manger, then the cross, finally the throne. So the way to the throne is via, is, is via the cross. Now, brother, sister, when our Lord reached the throne, definitely He reached His reward. The same thing. Now, one day, in the day of Christ, we should receive our crown. We should receive our throne because we will be thrown. Now, remember that if we are, uh, if we are suffer with Him, we will be glorified with Him. We will share the throne with Christ. What a wonderful thing. But remember, brothers and sisters, the way from, uh, the way from, uh, from manger all the way to the throne is through the cross. So the same way, brothers and sisters, now you can, now we are able to understand how can we be matured? Only the working of the cross. Now, when we are matured, what does that mean? Now, when, when, when the ascension applied to Christ, then the rapture is applied to Christians. The same principle. Why Christ Jesus Christ being ascended to heaven? Because his life was so mature. Now he, he has been crowned as king and Christ, being anointed. The same thing with Christians. When we are matured, we are not talking about ascension. We are talking about being raptured. So the best one is now remember, before the great tribulation, just like the boy, just like that man child, being raptured all the way to the throne. So think about it. That's just like the way our Lord ascend to heaven. 
So remember, the Lord's ascension talk about the maturity of the life of Son of Man. The same thing. Today, remember in heaven, you still, now, our Lord still take the nature of man. No doubt about that. That's the glory. Not the glory of the God of Son of God and the glory of Son of Man. Now, same thing with us. Now, we have a hope. Now, one day we'll be taken away. We will be stolen away. That time of, my, that time of, of rapture. Now, if we don't, even we don't want to go to detail, now, on the day of Christ, remember, is the day of reward. Is the day, the reward definitely is based on, based on our conduct. Definitely based on what we have experienced in Christ. So, brothers and sisters, when you come here, when you, after you write this point, that's the end of the whole thing. So, originally, when Paul wrote this letter, now, most likely in his thinking, when you come to the end of chapter 2, you almost come to the end of the whole epistle. Now, according to Lightfoot, he told us, especially in chapter 3, verse 1, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. He already talked about finally. Right? So, then probably he should give some greeting. Then the end, the close, the end of the letter. But somehow, he kept on. Somehow, something happened. So he had to give us another his story. Now this time, really, his own story. He tells us from the very beginning. And that's why in chapter 3, again, we see Paul himself. In chapter 2, you see the church in Philippi. You see the church, uh, you see the church in general. You see that the word of life, how should be applied to all those who love the Lord. How everybody should work out their own salvation. Now that chapter 2, the church. But when you chapter 3, again, Paul. When you chapter 4, again, the church. Do you see that? Individual life, corporate life. Individual life, corporate life. Now, it is the spirit, it is the intention of the Holy Spirit. Paul was supposed to end it around chapter 2. Uh, and then he said, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. According to Lightfoot, rejoice also can say can be translated farewell in the Lord. So if you say farewell in the Lord, that must be the end. You see? So actually a whole letter should end in chapter three, verse one. And now you begin to appreciate why. When he almost finished his word of life. Now what he's talking about, he's talking about he will send Timothy. Then he will send Epaphroditus to them. You see, then he talk about, uh, then then he talk about these two workers. So it's just like every letter. You see, at the end of every letter, Paul talk about some of his co-workers. He wants to send some of them to carry the letter to them and please receive them well. So when Paul talk about that, that means he's almost in the mood of ending the letter. You see, so by this way, you should be able to know that when we come to chapter 3 verse 1, that should be the end. So chapter 3 verse 1, finally my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. He still keeps the same note. You see, from now from time to time you know how you can rejoice. You see, do you see that? When you bear the fruit, when the church really grow together. Now, you see, we all glad, we all be glad and we all rejoice. So you see, these are all the reasons we should be able to rejoice. So that always the main keynote of the whole letter. Rejoice and be glad. Very simple. 
So finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Why? Because this is the continuation of verse 17. Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. For the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. So, of course, uh, between 19 and 30 is something being inserted there, no doubt, because this not, does not belong to the